Hello, everyone. Hey. Well, thank you. That was nice. That was very nice. Hi. <laughs> so, I'm Dee. This is my mom, Karen. Um, we are very excited to start off this new series at Big House that focuses on stuff in the Bible that we tend to usually avoid or look past, usually because we don't understand mm -hmm. or um, it's just a little bit too weird. So, like Elliot said, there are a lot of weird things in the Bible. Uh, we're not going to lie. There's a lot of things that when you read them, you say, what does that even mean? Yeah. Or why is that in there? Or just look past it because you don't get it. Um, as we are approaching Easter, which is the time in the church where we remember the arrest, crucifixion, or the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, Karen and I looked into, Karen, that was weird, Mom and I looked into <laughs> stories um, about the crucifixion, death, and resurrection um, of Jesus, and we found a lot of crazy stuff that we want to share with you. Um, some of you are already currently looking into these stories That's as cool. you're getting yeah. ready for the big house service. Um, so we're going to look at kind of a few different things. So probably won't be buckle covered. up. Won't, won't be covered on Good Friday. Yeah, you don't think? Not. Okay. So Deanna and I, what we did is we, um, we read this part of Jesus' life in each of the Gospels. So that's the first four books in the New Testament. That's where we find the stories of Jesus' life. So we read each of these um, on our own. But what we did is we went through and we marked things that we thought was weird. And then we got together and compared notes. That mm -hmm. was kind of fun, mm -hmm. I thought, didn't you? Mm -hmm. um, as, as we were looking at that, um, I kept thinking that word weird. I'm kind of a word nerd I, I, I love words, and I choose them carefully, and I wanted to make sure weird is the right word that we should be using, so I looked up the word weird. And so here are some definitions that we got from it. Here's one that said, um, it's involving or suggesting the supernatural, unearthly, or uncanny. Another one said, um, weird was fantastic and bizarre. And here was kind of a weird definition of weird. It says, concerned with or controlling fate or destiny. Which didn't really make sense to me. I'll it didn't, be but it kind of does now, maybe, <laughs> yeah. at the end of this. We'll yeah. see. So as we read through the Gospels, like my mom said, we both highlighted the weird things that stood out to us. Honestly, I would encourage you to go home um, in these next couple weeks here and read the arrest, death, and resurrection yeah, cool. the, in the four different Gospels and read them all the way through. Um, and I guarantee that you will notice some weird things in the Bible that never really stood out to you before. So we're going to start off by sharing a couple of the things that popped out to us. Um, we both thought this was strange. Um, this happened early on in uh, the story of the arrest of Jesus. And so just to set the scene, this is a pretty intense part of the story about the arrest of Jesus, where there's been betrayal by some of his closest friends who have turned him over to be arrested and ultimately killed. Mm -hmm. The gospel talks about the disciples who were by his side during the arrest. Some were fighting um, to try to save Jesus. And then in Mark 14, which I think we have a verse um, for you, there's these two sentences that come out of nowhere. <laughs> and they say, a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment, which is weird in itself, was following Jesus. When they seized him, meaning Jesus, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. What? <laughs> so, so as I read that, I, I put a star by it. I didn't even know what to do, so I just put a little star by that. But what would you do, Deanna? Well, that's not a story that I remember from Sunday school. Um, and I actually wrote on the side, which I thought was funny that you found that, because I thought just me being immature would think that's funny. 
but I actually wrote, what the heck is the importance with this? Um, so I found myself flipping the pages in the Bible like, ooh, I must have missed something. There must be more to this. But that's it. Yeah. Two, two sentences. Mm -hmm. That's all there is. Um, it's interesting because that is not mentioned anywhere else. Nowhere else in the Bible is, is that mentioned. So um, we, we just thought that was kind of interesting. Now, I can't leave stuff like that alone, so I have to start digging. You know, it's like, okay, what's this all about? And, and reading different things. And, and here's what I found. This is what they say, um, that some traditions, I don't know what traditions, but it says some traditions believe that that young man may have been the author of the Gospel of Mark. So the author of the Gospel of Mark's name was actually John Mark, so that that happened to him. And so he put that in there. So you're telling me that the author of Mark put in his own book that he was running away naked. I'm not telling you that. It's a tradition <laughs> says that. That's all I could find about it. Makes as good a sense saying, as anything. I'm saying if that happened to me, I'd also probably put it in a book. <laughs> but um, anyway, be... so that's just a little funny one. So let's look at another one. Well, we think it's funny. Might not have been so funny to, <laughs> that's to the guy. True. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, let's look at another weird story from the crucifixion. So at the moment of Jesus' death, um, that happened in the middle of the day. So I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but about noon to mm -hmm. 3 o'clock mm -hmm. in the middle of the day, um, the sky went black. And this is recorded in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then also another weird thing is that the curtain of the temple was torn when Jesus took his last breath. And that's recorded in Mark and John. So I wonder what the people thought when this happened. The sky goes black and a curtain tears for no reason. Um, Mom, share your knowledge with us about what that really means. I did some searching again, but we've got the um, scripture up here that you can follow along. So this is in the 15th chapter of Mark, and it says this. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. So you're absolutely right, three hours. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, here's something that's kind of interesting. Right there, you guys, Jesus quoted scripture. That, that line, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, is actually the first verse of Psalm 22, which Psalm, sort of the song book, the hymn book of, mm -hmm. of the people of God, then Jesus would have had that. So he's quoting scripture. It goes on to say, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. So, so the first thing we got um, kind of stuck on is that, that idea of the curtain. What's that all about, that the curtain um, tore in half? So, so here's what, what that is, you guys. This, this takes place in Jerusalem. And the temple of God's people, um, the, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, is also in Jerusalem. And at this time when the crucifixion is happening, um, Israel is... Are, Jerusalem is full of the people of God because it's Passover. So they've come in for this Passover celebration. And probably a lot of them were at the temple. And the temple um, was this, this big place where the people would gather. And it sort of was divided into three, um, three areas. There was a courtyard where all people could go. That was like a common area. People could go there. Then there was a place called the, the, um, the holy place. And that was where just the priests could go. Now, it's likely that there was also a curtain there. So just the priests could enter there. 
And then beyond the holy place is a place called the most holy place, or sometimes it's called the holy of holies. It was a place where only the high priest could enter once a year. And there was a big curtain there. And the high priest would go in there and make um, atonement, make sacrifices for the sins of all the people. So they believe that is the curtain that going into the holy of holies that actually tore. And it tore from the top to the bottom. Now, the big deal about that is that curtain would have been, I think we could safely say, 60 feet high. I mean, we're talking a, a big curtain. And it's not like somebody from the bottom, you know, took a hold of it and ripped it apart. Which would it, also be impressive. Which would be impressive yeah. in itself. But this ripped from the top to the bottom. That's why that's so significant. No one could have done that. It's almost like that, that place that was set aside. Sometimes they, they talked about that, that that was where the presence of God dwelt. Mm -hmm. That all of a sudden that was ripped open. And the presence of God was available to everybody. And maybe the fact that once Jesus was dead on the cross, there was no longer need for that place of sacrifice for mm -hmm. sin. So that's pretty significant. Yeah. The other thing that's kind of a big deal there um, in that verse is that, that centurion that, that is at the foot of the cross of Jesus, that, um, that's a soldier. That would have been one of the top military people of the Roman army. Um, they put guards there so that nothing would happen when Jesus is on the cross, right? Because it's, it's Jesus and all the, the commotion around that. So they would have had one of the, the, some of the top military people guarding that. that one of those men standing there um, when all this happened. So he's not seeing the temple, the curtain tear. He's not there. But he's, he's seeing the sky go dark. And we'll read in a minute that the earth shook. He's, he's seeing all that and he's watching Jesus die. And he says, surely this was the Son of God. Surely this was the Son of God. Um, and I wonder how it felt to him because he had just crucified him, mm -hmm. the Son of God. So that's kind of a big deal as well. There's another part of this story that is Deanna's favorite. <laughs> like, this is her favorite. It's kind of sad. This is your favorite part of the whole Easter story. This is the first one I talked about, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was the first one she talked about. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, you Because she ahead. gets too excited. She can't even read this. Okay, so, so follow along. This is in Matthew. At the moment the curtain in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. We just talked about that. The earth shook. There it is. The rocks split and the tombs broke open. <laughs> The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of their tombs after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. You love that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I think I love it because I love The Walking Dead, which this is probably 100% different. I know, um, I get yeah, that. But yeah. that just makes me so excited. That's cool. Um, oh, okay. Well, it's me. Sorry. <laughs> it's my turn now. Um, you may have noticed that not in you may have noticed that not all of the events were recorded um, in each book mm -hmm. about Jesus's life. Uh, why is that? What's the difference um, about these accounts if they're all about Jesus's life? Why is it not in each book? Um, I think it was mentioned a couple weeks ago when we learned about reading the Bible that these are accounts of that the accounts of Jesus's life were actually written down after they happened and i mean like years after the events happened before that stories were passed down by people retelling them so we have a slide um, of just the four gospels then when they were written and who wrote them and who they were written to so matthew uh the first book of the of the gospels was written in 60 to 65 a.d now that's 35 years after the death of jesus mm -hmm. um and it's written by matthew the disciple and it's specifically written for jews 
So he's writing to one complete audience. Mm -hmm. um, Mark was written 55 to 60 AD by John Mark, mm -hmm. the naked boy who ran away. <laughs> Um, so travel tradition says you can't really say <laughs> that. Sorry, yeah, don't that. don't take that home. Um, <laughs> who traveled with Paul um, as Paul taught the early church about Jesus, and then Luke, who it was written 60 A.D., who was a close friend and companion of Paul, and then John was written 85 to 90 A.D., which is 50 to 60 years after the death of Jesus. Um, John was a disciple, and he was writing to new Christians. Good, Dee. Thanks, Mom. Good, good work. So, so what, what she's saying is these Gospels were written by different people to different people. So that's why they're a little bit different. It would be sort of like, um, you know, we're all here tonight. We're all experiencing the same thing. And if we would, say, down the road, um, decide to, to write about tonight, we would probably write different things. And depending on who we were writing to, we would write different things. You know, some of you um, might remember the game. Some of you, um, you know, might... Remember the, um, that you've got to you know, make sure you check in for the Good Friday services, something like that. We'd all remember something different, and, and depending on who we're writing to. But if we got all those letters together, we would have sort of a, a, a good overview mm -hmm. of what Big House is like, or what Big House was like tonight, okay? Now, that's what we've got in the Gospels. We've got different people that are writing. Um, it was written after Jesus' death several years, but these were all people that were alive then. So um, some of them were eyewitnesses. Others had heard about it. So it wasn't like, you know, something that they didn't experience. Um, but th but that kind of gives us a, that overview. Now, here's the interesting thing. It gives us a good picture of Jesus' life, but it doesn't give us the complete picture because it actually says in the Bible, and this is in the Gospel of John, remember, an eyewitness. This is what John said. Now, John was one of Jesus' disciples, probably one of his closest friends, closest mm -hmm. disciples. And this is what John says, and he says it a couple of times. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what that tells us is, is Jesus did other things. There's other things that happened during that time that we don't know about, that weren't written down. But what we've got is enough to help us know who Jesus was. So that's important. Um, so we're going to take a look at one of the things that we both thought was kind of weird. And we're going to follow it through all four Gospels, all four stories. And you can see how... Um, we get more information mm -hmm. as we go with it. So this is about one of the guards that came um, with, with the army of guards that came to arrest Jesus. So this is what happened to one of them. You want to read it? Please? Yeah. So in Matthew 26, verses 50 and 51, it says, Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Yow. <laughs> um, it pretty much says the same thing in Mark um, that follows along with Matthew. Um, John gives us more detail, like we said. Remember, he was an eyewitness account and one of Jesus' closest friends. Here, he gives us the names. Names. So, John 18.10 says, Then Simon Peter, so we found out who did it. So that's it. Peter, the disciple Peter. Yep. That's the companion who cut off the ear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then Simon Peter who had a sword, drew it, and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. And then it also names the servant, who was Malchus. Malchus, good guess, yeah. So we get the names here. We mm -hmm. get the person who, who 
did the sorting. Yeah. Which ear got sorted, which yeah. ear got cut off, sorted. and and who it was that it happened to. So more details. Yeah. Sorted? Is that a word? Yeah, sorted. Okay. <laughs> um, now, look, let's look at what Luke tells us. So in Luke 22... This is the best part. Don't miss this. Yes. This it part. says, and, um, and one of them struck the servants of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And then he touched the man's ear and healed him. That seems pretty important to me that you probably wouldn't want to leave that out of the of other the other books. three? Yeah. 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 Um, the servant's ear was cut off by the disciple Peter, who was trying to fight for Jesus, and then Jesus reached out and healed the ear. I wonder, did the servant even realize that his ear had been cut off? With all the commotion, one minute a sword is drawn and swipes the side of his head, there's blood. I'm sure his instinct is to reach for his ear, and then suddenly it's okay, and he's healed. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's Oh my gosh, there's blood. It's yeah. Gone. No, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it's there. Yeah. yeah. But somehow Jesus reached out. So, but in all that chaos, who knows how that all went? Mm -hmm. But I, that's one of those places. If if you wouldn't know all the gospels, I think that's an important part to miss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just kind of neat to see how that all um, falls together there. It's it's a great example. Um, I loved your challenge, Deanna, when we started that you challenged them to to read these mm -hmm. because I had asked you after you, you, you did, I said, did you ever sit down and read those uh -huh. all together? And, and I hadn't done it for a long time and I hadn't read, you know, read it like that. So it's not hard to read because each of those in each book is about two or three chapters mm -hmm. just towards the end of the, the end of the gospel. In John, it's a little bit longer because they have some of Jesus's teachings in between that. But it's something that you could easily do in one sitting, or maybe that's something you want to do next week, which is Holy Week, mm -hmm. just to kind Going of read through Easter. that. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one way you get the stories if you just sit down and read it. Another way is just by, by hearing them over time. Um, you know, if you realize that they're, they're coming from different places, then, then you realize why they're different sometimes. You know, I think that's kind of how, how you learned it, Deanna, as I think back to you. You know, you had heard bits and pieces of these stories over the years, like you said, in Sunday school. Mm -hmm. I laughed when she said she, she didn't have that story in Sunday <laughs> school. You know, I'm thinking of little kids coloring pages. You know, you don't really want a coloring page about a little boy, run, a little boy running away naked or, or, or the cutting ear, off the ear, ear thing. Yeah, you're yeah. just not going to color that. But, <laughs> but you learn that stuff over time or, or in youth or camp and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But this was the neat thing um, for me because, you know, Deanna heard this stuff um, because she was always involved in this stuff, but also with me working in the church, she heard it over and over again. And I know there were times like on some of those, like those Easter Sundays that you heard it over and over again all day long because yeah. we were, you know, all the <laughs> services that we did and stuff like that. But it was neat for me to watch you because as you grew, you kind of started putting the stories together. And it would be kind of neat because sometimes we'd be driving home, you'd say, oh, now I get what, where that happened or mm -hmm. now I understand why we talk about that or why that seems to be such a big deal and stuff like that. Um, and then, then the neat part in all of that, Deanna, is you started realizing that it was a bigger story than just that and that, that somehow we were also mm -hmm. part of that bigger story. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's important to know that, how that comes together, and, because we're a part of it. Right, right. Um, and the story about the guard who lost his ear, there is a bigger story, like you said, Bob, and it's the story of Jesus' love. In the chaos of the arrest, Jesus' disciples running away, once again, a young boy running away naked. <laughs> Sorry, I keep throwing that, that in there. I just realized that. Um, blood, swords, darkness, torches, soldiers. Um, Jesus mm. sees a guard who's wounded and bleeding. One of the ones who has come to arrest him 
Jesus reaches out and touches the wound and heals it. Likewise, while Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked at the ones who had put him there, the ones who nailed his arms and his feet to the cross, and he prayed for them. He asked God to forgive them, for they did not know what they were doing. He healed a guard who came to arrest him and prayed forgiveness over those who had killed him. Because of how much Jesus loves everyone, because, that, because those that loved him, he loved them, but he also loved those who didn't understand. Yeah. You know, um, what that tells me, Deanna, is it tells me that what was true of Jesus then is still true of Jesus now. And what's, um, what was true for them is also true for us, that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves all of you. You know, in our chaos, and, and our lives are chaotic sometimes. It's, it's craziness. In our chaos and in our woundedness and in our mess-ups, Jesus still loves us. He loves us enough to forgive us. He loves us enough to reach out and to heal our wounds. That's the bigger story, you guys. That's where we are in the story. So you've got to love the weird stuff <laughs> of the Bible. So if I go back to those definitions, that weird stuff, weird is supernatural, it's unearthly, it's uncanny, it's fantastic, it's bizarre, and now it makes sense mm -hmm. that it's concerned with our fate and our destiny. It's the weird stuff in the Bible. I challenge you to take Deanna's challenge and read it for yourself. Make some stars, some circles, what the heck, you know, <laughs> in the margins of your own Bibles. Will you pray with us? Holy God, our Savior Jesus, Holy Spirit that helps us sort this all out, we thank you um, for the Bible in its clarity and, and in its weirdness, in the, the things that we can understand so well and, and in the things that are complete mystery to us. Lord, we thank you for all of that. But Lord, most of all, we thank you um, that you showed the people then and you continue to show each of us now how much you love us. Lord, that we can mess up and we cannot understand it all. And in the chaos that we make of our lives, Lord, that you will reach out and heal our brokenness. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.